You're listening to The Real Wealth Show with Kathy Fetke, the real estate investor's resource. Many people think owning multifamily property is a step up from owning single-family rentals. Our guest today has an opposite approach. I'm Kathy Fetke, and welcome to The Real Wealth Show. Richard Woolley has a Bachelor of Science in Construction Management from Wentworth Institute of Technology in Boston. He's worked as VP of Pre-Construction and has built 30 to 40-story buildings in New York City. But he invests his own money in single-family homes. Why? Well, we'll find out right now. Richard, welcome to The Real Well Show. Thanks so much. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. Your story is really interesting because you seem to kind of have reversed things. You you help build apartments in New York City, but you invest in single-family homes in other areas. So that that's interesting. Why why single-family over multifamily? <clears throat> like actually, your job is to build them. Uh, yeah, great question. I don't think I have the millions of dollars to uh, go buy an, a, a large uh, 40-story apartment building. Um, but I actually started out with a multifamily, a small multifamily, a three-family home was my first purchase when I was 27, I believe. And I really thought that was the way to, to create wealth. And I do agree that's, that that, you know, investing in, in rental properties is the way, but I believe single family has more advantages as I've learned. Uh, multifamily seems to be a little more uh, management intensive. Uh, when you buy that property, you're generally buying it from someone as smart, if not smarter than me in the real estate business. Uh, the tenants I found maybe appear to be a little more transient. And I'd, uh, I'd say after a few years of doing that, uh, I read John Schaub's book, uh, Building Wealth One House at a Time. And that really resonated with me. And I went to a seminar actually uh, years back. And, and I really felt that was the way to do it. And so that was the, the biggest reason that I chose to veer a, a different course. It's so interesting how some things just click. And uh, I loved John Schaub's book too. I need to have him back on the show. He's <laughs> He's been on a few times. What were the things that stood out from that book that um, that had you make the <clears throat> that made the decision easy for you? Um, obviously, he he just wrote it so well that it was so easy to read. It was very clear. Um, it seemed very logical to me from, from kind of what I had said there. Cause what, what I had said previously, really, I learned from his book a little bit that you're always negotiating with somebody who's potentially uh, more of a real estate guru than you versus a single family. It's, it's what everybody, you know, you, you just open the pool of people to either buy or sell to, uh, mm -hmm. it's easier to finance a single family home versus a multifamily. Uh, interest rates are usually higher. They're, you know, they may not appraise as well because if it's if it's these three or four family homes, they still want your income. They don't give you all the the rental income against it. Um, the tenant issue with the management, and it made sense to me. It's like a triple net lease. Uh, he 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 rents it out, and the family who who moves in there, they move all their stuff in the garage. They bring their dog and their kids. And they're mowing the lawn, and when the when the garbage disposal backs up, they're kind of kind of ma maintaining that stuff like that. Whereas in a multifamily, I'm in charge of the lawn, I'm in charge of the garbage disposal, or at least getting that call. So uh, for those reasons, it seemed right. I felt they would probably appreciate a little better. Um, 
again, it was it would always be easier to sell versus in in a multifamily. I think you'd have to find an investor versus just somebody looking to buy a home. Yeah, <clears throat> great, great input. All right, so how did you get started and when? And also, you live in New York City, so it's not like uh, the average person can go buy an apartment there, (laughs) right? Or even a single-family home, for that matter. Yeah, I'm actually about 40 minutes north of New York City. So I'm in Westchester Mm -hmm. County, which is still a fairly well-priced area. Again, when I was 27, I had just gotten out of college a few years ago, and and I guess I I, it must have been watching the Carlton Sheets no-down payment of videos where it got me into real estate. And then I started reading a little more. And I thought it would be a good idea. Rent, buy a multifamily, live in one apartment rent-free, have the tenants pay off your mortgage. And that's exactly what I did. And it worked fine. Uh, you know, I have no real negative things to say about it. I ended up uh, buying at the right time. I did some hard labor equity and boosted the income and the market was rising. So it all worked fine. And I was able to refinance that and take money out and buy another multifamily and then uh, I had met my 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 girlfriend at the time. We became my wife, and and then we sold that multifamily and purchased a nice single family home to live in. And and we started a family, and we kept the three family home as as on the side rental income. And I kind of put it on the side from there as as I focused on my career, marriage, you know, having a child. So I would have loved to have maybe continued investing then, but it may not have been the right time for me, or maybe I, you, your book hadn't come out at the time. Otherwise, it would have <laughs> been a good thing to to try that. Um, so, so that was kind of the how we. I don't want to say veered off course because that's probably not a fair statement, but how we took a little bit of break, mm-hmm. and then as we, I read John Schaub's book at the time and wanted to get into single families, and the the math didn't work here in New York. It, 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 or at least I couldn't find it to work. Single family homes in Westchester County, New York are generally not homes that you're going to rent out to a tenant and actually have cash flow. Mm-hmm. So I started uh, just kind of hoarding money in a whole, several whole life insurance policies, figuring that maybe we'd hit a little bit of a market downturn and I'd be able to have money to, to jump on an opportunity here. And then as I was doing that, I found came across your book, and I read that in probably two days, maybe a day. <laughs> it's and a quick it, read, for it, sure. Well, it, it was a great read. I couldn't put it down. Oh. And and that's where it all put together. I said, all right, I have my kind of my own financing through the whole life insurance, and you made the John Schwab thing available to an investor anywhere in America to go to those growing cash flow markets. So again, it all clicked yet again. And I, uh, I went onto your website and became a member and had my call with the advisor. And your advisor was absolutely unbelievable as far as giving, you know, great information, being available as I asked tons of questions. I probably drove her nuts. <laughs> uh, and then I think you, you had, uh, I guess, the Real Wealth members were getting together at one of the, the Dallas market in February of 2020. And I, I flew out there and toured the market and met your team, which was great. It was amazing. And I was also looking at Tampa. So a few weeks later, we decided to bring our son to spring training for Yankee spring training. And we met your Tampa team and toured houses, met your, your property managers. And 
it just clicked, you know, it was like, I could, I could have lived in any one of the houses I toured. It was just perfectly great neighborhoods. Just remind me of how I grew up other than the weather was a lot better in Tampa than up here in New York. Um, and within a few weeks, we, uh, found a house and went into contract on a house in Tampa. The, uh, interesting thing was that's when COVID had hit. I was just going to say, it sounds like you did all that traveling right, right before it all it was, shut down. Exactly. I think I, last plane out almost. <laughs> um, but uh, it kind of, we had a little scary time where the interest rates were, or points were suddenly jumping. Mm-hmm. And I talked to both your recommended mortgage lender and your team in Tampa. And I wasn't backing out. We were just trying to find a way to to make it happen. And literally within 30 days of signing the contract, we got, great financing and closed and had a tenant within a week or two, even during the the mayhem of COVID. So it really all came together and I attribute your teams. I mean, they were, they were fantastic. You know, it certainly put me at ease. And I would say the first time dealing with an out-of-state rental, buying a house I never looked at other than on uh, Google earth, but it, it all worked out really well. And I attribute that to the teams really. Oh, I'm so thrilled to hear that. I we're we've worked hard to create uh, loyalty among these teams. They we don't own these companies; we just refer our members to them. But there is tremendous loyalty, um, and on both you know both ways. And uh, so I, I'm so glad to hear that we've over the years weeded out the ones that weren't as loyal. <laughs> so it's a process, right? I mean, uh, ten years ago, it was like the wild, wild west in this industry. But uh, yeah, so I'm I'm so glad to hear that. So what's next for you? Well, I I got that house, and obviously I've got the itch, so I couldn't wait that long. And then I I spoke with your Jacksonville team, and went into contract on a new build in Cape Coral, and that was supposed to close at the end of the year. So I was kind of just waiting. You know, that was the tough part, waiting for the new build. And they were delayed just slightly. It was, you know, we closed in the first week of February, I would say. So it really wasn't bad. And it was fascinating what a good job that team did as well for the new build. I mean, they had a portal. I, every week I got photos. I could see exactly what was happening. And it was, it was, and again, the house came out perfect. I closed this February. So I think within two days, they had a tenant. Wow. Probably at $100 more a month than we had even figured in the pro forma, maybe even $150 more a month. And they're in there and all is well with that. And right around that time, your Tampa team came out with um, with some more uh, renovated properties. So I purchased one within a month right after that as well, which we already had a had a tenant. So we've got that. And then I went into contract again with your Jacksonville team for another new build in Cape Coral. I figured, why why not do it all over again? <laughs> so now the fun begins. I got to wait. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So you dove in. <laughs> <laughs> I dove in. I, I guess, you know, I, I'm a little older as opposed to maybe a, a, a novice investor. I'd done a few of these. So, so once I went down and met the team and saw the houses, and interacted with with several of you, the real wealth members. Any nerves I had were gone. Um, my nerves were really just not missing out. Um, so, so for anyone listening who's maybe new or getting into it, um, I, obviously everybody's going to have 
their own reasons for being comfortable or getting comfortable. But that's what worked for me. You know, I knew I had the money. You had teams there to do the work for you. The rent and properties in a day, two days. I mean, I mean, it's, you know, I, I can't imagine how much longer that's going to last. But at the shortage of home inventory, it looks like it's going to last a while. So um, it sure seems like it in these growing markets, for sure. You know, when you've got people from uh, from New York, from your area moving to Florida, I mean, it looks so cheap, comparatively speaking, right? For it, it, it's it's like going on vacation and and uh, and also having a vacation on your budget. You know, you're you're right. When I when I looked at the mortgage payment, if if I went a month without a tenant for for someone in a high tax or high uh, money state like New York or California, it's not a lot that. And so that certainly had me comfortable. You know, if I did the same up here, I'd be maybe a little nervous, but it's certainly, it's yet another reason that you're, you're growing markets that are a little bit more cash flow friendly all work and and makes perfect sense. Uh, Well, it's really exciting. And I love what you said about just getting started. I've had people come to me who got a large inheritance or they, they traded out some stock options and, and had, you know, sitting on cash and just kind of terrified to take that leap, you know, to dive in. And I will often say, you know, don't throw all your money in, just do one deal, just test it out, which is kind of what you did. You did one, it worked out. It's like, okay, I'll, I'll dip another toe in. I'll do another. Oh, that worked out. Okay. I'll do another. So, you know, I, I hope to comfort people um, just that, you know, you don't have to put that much in what, how much down are you putting on? Um, how much are you putting down on one property? I've done 20% on every, all three, and then the fourth new build will be 20% as well. So, so yeah, you know, for, for the, for the renovated ones, their price range is about 150, right? So you got mm-hmm. 30 grand down plus closing costs, which don't come to 10, I don't think. So yeah, that's yeah. really all you need. Obviously you want some reserves. But you don't need a lot for the what I call the Goldilocks houses, you know, the three, two, one, uh, just middle class, nice neighborhoods. And I think they'll rent forever, no matter what market you're in. And and that's an interesting point that I've noticed. When we had the crash, the, the big crash in 2007, 2008, and I had my multifamily, that was the first real crash I was a part of as a landlord. And I was a little nervous. I was thinking, oh, boy, I'm going to have to, you know figure something out or cover lack of cash flow. What I found was that they weren't lending and property values shot down, but the rents kept coming. You know, I, I one apartment happened to turn over at the time and I, I, I had a rented for 50 bucks less a month. That was it. For the whole period of time, rents kept coming, you know? And, and if you've read around in any other real estate uh, books or articles about it, most landlords would verify that, that the rents kept coming, you know, but don't try to refi your property then or sell your property and make money. That won't work, but the cash flow continues. So you're still able to pay off your mortgage, pay off your bills and act like nothing's happened. So it's really a great hedge against that. And now you're, you're buying houses with three and a half percent interest rates. I can't imagine that's going to stay around much longer. So we may as well take advantage of that for now too. Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah, I love that. Uh, that's been our motto is, you know, buy the average or median, I would say average 
home in the in the area that the average person can afford and you'll always have a good pool of tenants you know if you go too high end it could get tougher if things slow down if you go too low end that could be the case as well but uh, having since you're in a high regulation state a high tax state just like many of our listeners in California and and now you're owning properties in a in a really pro business pro landlord state what are you noticing? Are you noticing any differences in, in the management of the properties? Um, well, in fairness, I have to manage the one in New York, whereas I don't really have to manage the ones down in Florida now. Um, so that's a bit of a relief because, right, I'm paying a very reputable company to do all that or two companies to do that legwork for me. But it appears that it's very easy to move a tenant out of a property in Florida there. Um, I know one of my tenants, we actually had a slate problem and ha had a complaint and the uh, property manager said, well, we can get them out at the end of the lease, no problem. And, you know, nothing to worry about. And we've got a waiting list of people to come right in. I don't necessarily think unless you got lucky, you would have that luxury in New York. Um, if you had a bad tenant, they, they could, you know, I've heard horror stories. I've been fortunate enough where I haven't had that, but up here I've had horror stories that, and I just read it in the in the New York Post that someone has a tenant there for six months and they're they're losing their house because they can't get the tenant out. So that, that's a very big difference. And even in Westchester County here, um, they're not necessarily landlord friendly up here. Yeah, there's very little sympathy for uh, yeah, exactly for the landlord who's just trying to create a retirement for themselves and look out for their family. It's not like the mom and pop landlords for the most part are. Uh, taking advantage of of people, they're they're literally just trying to take care of their family. It's it's enough cash flow to create a retirement, but uh, a lot of times um, state regulators don't see it that way. Yeah, and and really, it's in our best interest to keep the tenant. We make money when a tenant stays there eight, ten years, and yeah. there's no turnover. There's no repainting. There's no releasing. There's no lease fees. Any of that 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 just doesn't ha happen then. So it's certainly in our best interest to keep them and keep them happy. So, yeah, I mean, we, we sometimes keep the rents, we raise the rents slightly, but still keep it under uh, what the going rents would be so that our tenants want to stay. And, and, you know, I mean, it's unbelievable. We, we have no turnover, it seems like at this point and uh, our Pittsburgh properties, we've had the same guy there since 2014, same with Ohio since 2015. So uh, yeah, you just treat your tenants well and, and uh, they'll, they'll stay for the most part. Uh, Okay, so what are your biggest lessons that you would want to share with um, some of our members? Oh, God. Um, I guess <laughs> do whatever you need to do to be comfortable to jump in. I, I think it's, you know, the best time to invest in real estate is now. And the next best time is as soon, soon as you can after that. Or, or, <laughs> or what is it yesterday and the next best time is now. Um, you know, cause you're going to, especially if anybody who's in their younger years can get in here and get that cash flow and get that property paid down and get the, the, you know, all the benefits and the appreciation of, of some rental properties, they're going to be better off. My only regret is not doing more earlier. Um, and I'm going to keep, keep doing them, try to do a few every year. That's it. Um, I think we all wish we had bought more before. There's this lingering fear that people have that we'll we'll be faced with another 2009 and have all these properties and 
and uh, they won't be worth anything. But I, I think you kind of addressed that fear earlier, saying even then people who owned good quality rental properties, those properties stay rented. If anything, there was more rental demand, which is what we saw during this past year where where we had a blip of a recession. Um, the demand for properties actually, actually increased. And rental- exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I think your only fear is if you're not in a growth area, but that's where you guys have really done all the work for us. You've researched these growing areas. So like you said, if there is a blip, people are may, may lose some houses and house values may go down, but the rental income may very well go up as unfortunate as that may be for, for a lot of people. But uh, I think it's reason when you look logically at it, it's the right move. So what's next? Did I already ask you that? What's next for you? Yeah, next is more properties. I've got to wait for this new build. So I'm probably going to try to try to find another uh, renovated one in the, in the time being. And I'm looking at some of the other markets. I really liked your Dallas and Houston markets. Um, I didn't get a chance to visit Houston, unfortunately, because of COVID. Uh, but, uh, you know, those are the markets that I had researched, but I'm sure all your markets are, are fantastic. So, so yeah, that's, that's the next steps. Just keep going. And what kind of funds are you using? Is it savings over the years or, you know, yeah. How are you coming up with the down payments? So what I had done was I had started several, uh, whole life insurance policies. I kind of followed the infinite banking, uh, series or bank on yourself. So, I'm using the cash value out of those insurance policies. However, the beauty of it, it's kind of like take, withdrawing from your 401k, but the policies still grow as you're taking a loan really against, against the collateral of that. And you can pay that loan back. Basically, I'm paying it back with the cash flow of the properties. So at some point in time, my policy is fully funded, loans still done, and the properties are uh, you know, really bringing in cash flow at that point in time. So I'll always have, I'll always be kind of doing this a little bit a little bit of a circle. Brilliant. All right. Any final thoughts before we wrap up? Oh God. Uh, read your book. Join the Real Wealth Network. I feel I'm giving away all our secrets here, but I, <laughs> I guess there's enough to go around for everyone, right? Try to give back a little, but definitely join the network. Uh, get get in with one of your advisors and uh, and dip your toes in the uh, real estate investing world. Uh, I, I don't think anybody could could possibly regret that uh, with the guidance of the professionals here, to be perfectly honest. Thank sure. you so no, much. No, I thank you. Uh, this is great. All right. Well, it's been a pleasure to have you on, and I look forward to having you on again in 10 years or so, maybe five, <laughs> uh, to, to hear how it's all turned out and how big your portfolio has grown since at that time. Yeah, let's hope. Thank you so much. <laughs> And thank you for joining me here on The Real Wealth Show. If you'd like to find out more about the teams that Richard talked about or about getting an investment counselor at Real Wealth, just go to realwealthshow.com. It's free to join. Have a wonderful rest of your day, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to realwealthshow.com.